six-pack double feature. Two friends, two movies, and too much to drink. This week, Nathan gets to see a new John Candy movie, and Travis quotes Fletch until you puke. It's Who's Harry Crumb and Fletch, today on Six Pack Double Feature. No, no, I have a steak sandwich. A long line of great detectives has come to an end. Master of Disguise. I am the Jules Delioche. Could you spell that? I don't think so. Try it with a D. Mind like a steel trap. God's gift to women. John Candy. Who's Harry Crumb? Looks like this one. Get a little rough. Rated PG-13. Starts Friday at a theater near you. Hey, welcome into Six Pack Double Feature. What is happening, I- gang? I am not Travis. I am not Nathan. I am drinking. <laughs> Because that's what we do. That's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know nothing else. Uh, yeah. So we're doing a couple of... Uh... God damn, dude. After last week, I'm it's glad yeah. to do a couple funny, lighthearted... Lighthearted? Yeah, sure, yeah. Light-hearted. No, they're lighthearted. Last week's episode was really... Down. I want to say it was, it was fun. It was just serious. It was good, It was good. It was but, good uh, talk, but it was serious. Uh, but this week we're doing Who's Harry Crumb and Fletch. Couple Which... Of- yeah, I was going to say, which spoiler notes when I come to my uh, um, trivia on Who's Harry Crumb, which, another spoiler alert, there's not a lot. <laughs> uh, apparently, uh, Who's Harry Crumb is, was considered um, John Candy's Fletch because he dresses in disguise and is investigating a story. Which is kind of why we chose it. Yeah. He's, uh, so, John Candy wasn't an SNL alum. He was a SCTV guy. Correct. But... Uh, sketch comedy, improv, right? Very funny dude. Yeah, very funny dude. And then he made this movie. <laughs> Again, you're just you're right <laughs> out of the gate, man. End up stabbing me in the heart. Um, uh, I think I looked at this differently. I said I think if maybe if I had seen this movie actually in '89 when it came out, I probably would regard this film a little higher in. But so than Nathan, what I do? You've never seen this. I had never seen this until about I don't know two weeks ago, so give or take. Thirty years after it came out. Uh huh. Yeah. I've been waiting on. <laughs> I was initially excited I think... when I texted you saying eh, it's pretty awesome. What? Well, I get to watch uh, a new a John, new John Candy movie because <laughs> I have not seen. Because John one. Candy's not making a lot of movies these days. No, he really he's kind of di- he's his he's kind of died down. <laughs> his career his career's dead. His career is dead. Uh, since '94, um, but no, Wagon's I had... East really killed it. <laughs> Canadian bacon really killed it, actually, figuratively and literally. <laughs> Rest uh, well, sir. Though yeah. we love John Candy, we love John Candy, but I'm—I don't think this is this is not in my a pick six of John Candy films, and this is not in the top ten, really, or top fifteen of my John Candy films, probably. Personally, I—I I don't think it's him as much as it's. I don't. I don't think the story is that great, personally. Okay, but that's me. Uh, I guess that's. Uh, I guess I'll just say my piece, and we'll move on to Fletch. Then <laughs> let me let me see here. <laughs> let me see if I can tackle the plot synopsis on this one. Sure. Uh, when a wealthy uh, heiress is kidnapped, Principal Ed Rooney, who has recently relocated <laughs> to Los Angeles, requests Harry Crumb, Uncle Buck's bumbling and incompetent orange-headed twin, to solve the case. <laughs> Harry Crumb, fresh off the bus from Tulsa, Oklahoma, 
who's dumber than a sack of hammers and can't connect four dots in sequential order, in order, uses his suitcase full of racially insensitive disguises to allow us, the audience, to stumble onto two completely separate plots to drain P.J. Downing's bank account. Neither of which Crumb know which, uh, know much of anything about. But let's not kid ourselves. This isn't really a mystery film, but a vehicle for John Candy to stumble, to break things, and to wear as many absurd disguises as possible. I have. It's a bit of fatty falls down. <laughs> a bit of fatty falls down. Much as that was a fatty Arbuckle movie. No, <laughs> that's, it's that's good though. I like that. I I couldn't get past just disconnecting the logical part of my brain sometimes when watching it. That was my problem with this movie. If I had been 13 when this came out, oh, wait, I was, but had seen it, yeah. I'd probably look at this movie differently. But for some reason, I didn't, and it just kind of bothered me a little. So I was nine when this came out. Okay. And I remember it coming out, and I remember from being able to see I, I think I first saw it on VHS. Okay. I loved it right up until... I had to watch it for this, and then I <laughs> and I still do. Right, but I watched it. I watched it this time with like, okay, I need to take notes on this. So what do they do here? And I'm like, oh, they don't really do anything here. I think what like bothered me really... is 19 minutes in, you knew who the kidnapper was, and I think that's kind of mm, okay. That kind of bothered me because compared to Fletch, which we'll talk about later, you he, he his story's unfolding. With the audience, well, so you is, don't know. Fletch is based off an actual mystery, right? Novel. But this regardless is, of whether was this is or based wasn't, off of Fletch, <laughs> yeah, is that you? Nineteen minutes in, you like you know everybody who's involved. Basically, Ed Rooney or Elliot, <laughs> Jeffrey Jones, Elliot Drazen, Ed Rooney, who's lost some weight and moved out to California, <laughs> and shaved his mustache. Ed Rooney has a high school boy, college boy crush on um, Annie Potts. Annie Potts and pretty much has kidnapped PJ Harvey. Is it PJ? PJ Harvey. PJ Harvey. <laughs> no, that's a rock band. PJ Downing. <laughs> it's so we're what? she kidnap he kidnaps the daughter in order to get to money her. because obviously Annie she Potts is a gold digger. Yeah. And he has had an fascination an infatuation with her for decades is I mean, what it seems like. So have I. Yeah. I don't kidnap anybody. Right. Um, but we, yeah, there's yeah, not, you a, don't know that. It's not for a, 18 it's, minutes. It's, it's not a, I was hoping it's not a thick it marks, story. No, it's not a thick story. John Candy is thick, but not the story. <laughs> with two K's, three K's. Nope. Nope. Four K thick. Four K's. We John don't Candy want is four K thick. John Candy has John nothing K to do. John Candy has nothing to do with three K's. Right. Ever. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, <laughs> I think what what bothers me is while it labels itself categorically wise as a mystery, there's really no mystery to it. No, and I think that's what. And I think they knew that. No, I know they knew that. I just think that's it does disservice to the audience because of that. Hmm. Watching it, going. So you were expecting? I was expecting a better story. Okay, that was my first. Problem. That's your problem. That's my problem. That's that's where there's you, where that's where you fucked up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's so it's like a standard '80s pacing. It's kind of just one gag yeah. to the next, and the story kind of piggybacks on that. Right. Is is the my problem is is that his disguises don't serve a purpose. Well, they make you laugh. Well, they make me laugh. They make. It's meant for comedic relief. How do you spell that? I don't know. Try it with a D. Try it with a D. Uh, 
I remember you texting me and saying, oh, good. His chest hair has now fallen off and looks like pubic hair. Pubic hair. <laughs> that was my first laugh out loud laugh. <laughs> that was almost 30 minutes in. Was it really? I think so. It was it was close to 30 minutes. And there's no purpose. There's no point for him dressing up for that, for going in and asking questions. But you he's, laughed. He's a private detective. Uh-huh. He's going in and trying to find out who has kidnapped PJ Harvey's daughter. <laughs> but if he just goes uh, in. Barry Corbin's daughter, you know. As a, but, but if he just goes in. What's the in, point of him going in disguised? But if he goes in as himself, he's going to look it's like not a funny. cop. It's well, not, well, it's not funny, but if he goes in, he's going to look like a cop. He doesn't look like a cop. Nobody is a cop that weighs and looks like John Candy. If he goes in just straight like that, they're okay. going to think he's a cop and they're not going to talk to him. So if he can surreptitiously gain some information. So that was the purpose of being Turkish in that one? I think he was Turkish. In that Correct. One. Correct. I think also maybe, just maybe, you're overthinking a little bit. A little bit? A wee. A wee bit. A wee bit. I, it's well, one of those movies, man. I, I watch it every year or so. Now, now again, I saw it when I uh, was able to make a mark on me. I'm guessing this is probably like a Rocky movie to you. You're never, I guess so. You're never going to watch this again? Probably not. Um, and that's okay. Uh, it's as thick as it's this story. They <laughs> not John Candy. They put just a little bit of the facade that he fails upwards through through his best efforts. Yes. He still gets the job done. Right. It's still a detective story. Still, it's a, it's still kind of fun. You just yes. I think you're expecting too much out of it. I think I was expecting a better written story. Sure. I think or well, we'll better talk about, crafted. We'll I guess. talk about Fletch later. Uh, I think that. It's just to me the movie felt like a vehicle for John Candy and how many disguises he could wear. And I, I don't, I don't disagree with that. Right, but the, the one at the end. Um, have you ever seen the movie Armed and Dangerous? With uh, John, I'm not sure if I have John Candy and Eugene Levy. Well, you probably <laughs> hate that movie too, you bastard. But I may not. I don't know that when he comes out at the end. It just a, this movie felt like a paycheck, so that's why. Hot to Trot was a paycheck for him. Okay. This I don't know that he loved this movie, but it's gonna be it's gonna be a while now before I watch it again because we've ruined it for me. <laughs> well, okay, so <laughs> let's just. Let's do you just, like Do you like the very cool jazz eighties intro to the way it starts? Because I swear to God, it felt like a skin of skin of uh, what is it? Skinamax. Skinamax. It felt like a softcore porn. How it was starting. Yeah, it really did. It did the music and it, it her taking the, her clothes off, and I'm like, what are we watching? It here? had the it had the uh, a, had the ability to get to be a little bit raunchier comedy, and they could have done that. It could have made it a little it, raunchier. I think, honestly, I think it probably would have made it better. Yeah, but they didn't. They pulled. They pulled. Back. They pulled back. Now there's that bit at the beginning, and then you see Annie Potts' boobs a little bit. Uh huh. Other than that, it's pretty clean. Yeah, I don't think they uh, even swear. Oh, there's a. I'll get there. Um, <laughs> well, do we want to go into what? Doesn't no, work? no, no, not yet. Uh, okay. Do you know what the purpose was for an orange tree dropping fruit in in Harry Crumb's office towards the beginning? Did you laugh? No. I did. Why? Because stupid? Yeah. <laughs> You're laughing now. I didn't I didn't understand it. I felt like there was subtle Im- imagery and, and and things that I should have understood that I didn't it's get. It's not a Coen Brothers movie, dude. <laughs> it's just a dick joke. No, but Fatty the, Falls Down movie. But Orange is falling on an orange tree in his office. Wait, he has an orange tree in his office. Why? That's absurd. It's absurd. It's <laughs> fucking funny, man. He's in Tulsa, Oklahoma. He hasn't even gone out to California yet. Okay. Who has an orange tree in Tulsa? Harry Crumb. 
Apparently. Exactly. And does John Candy look like he eats a lot of fresh fruit and vegetables? No. No. He has an orange tree in his office. And it just every time someone shuts a door, it drops on his desk. It's funny. You know what I found in trivia? Apparently it was a knock, uh, a nod to uh, Jack Nicholson, um, to Chinatown. Jack. Oh, thanks for trying to derail me on that one. It didn't work this I get, time. Brock, you'll notice I gave him plenty of pause on that one. <laughs> okay, yeah. so what doesn't work? I have five things. Okay. I'm, I'm, go I'm not going to... I'm going to go first because okay. I think mine's fairly real. All right. They really gloss over how the Jennifer character is treated while she's basically kidnapped naked. Kidnapped naked and thrown into some type of wildlife retreat. Sure. Located in Simi Valley, California, which is not far from where I grew up. In Whittier? Is, yeah, Whittier. <laughs> <laughs> they gloss over how she's treated while she's while she's held captive and then after she comes out. And after she comes out, obviously, it's the end they of the They disservice her character in the fact that she's just really... – She's lady meat. Yeah. She's, she's not lady meat. She's MacGuffin. Sure. But not – but in a Lady less, Jennifer MacGuffin. In a less quality – story yeah yeah the the trope of rich people and fishing or like owning fancy fish tackle that's what it is tackle. right fish gear i was gonna say <laughs> oh i own fancy fish uh, gear fishing tackle it's oh, here it's not as tired because it was it was the 80s and right there was still kind of a i mean we still have a class thing obviously but 80s definitely <clears throat> played on that rich people really fish with yeah. fancy tackle 80 80s really is that a Marlboro there was Butler? a lot of Beverly Hills rich things going on in the 80s. It's kind of tired. It is. But it wasn't at the time. But you could just say but the same is. thing about like Beverly Hills Cop. I mean, it would be a tired metaphor for Do you like it with a lemon twist? Yeah. No, I don't want anything with a lemon twist. Surge, get the <laughs> away from me. Surge. Sounds like a dish detergent. <laughs> or a um, soda. But mostly for the kind of movie it is and the time that it came out. I don't have any real complaints as to what doesn't work. It's at, at this movie, I think knew what it was. The first one we kind of already talked about. I put half of Harry Crumb's disguises serves absolutely no purpose. There's no need for him to disguise himself at the salon. He's been assigned to the case to investigate why hide his identity. Now you think it's because if people don't think he's a cop, they'll divulge more information to him, which I'm, he I'm, won't know what to do with because he's Harry Crumb. <laughs> Uh, the, the music montage-esque scene of Harry Crumb arriving in Los Angeles and renting a car uh, in order to feature another song on what I can only assume was supposed to be a big hit selling soundtrack. Hmm. Apparently that was the um, Temptations. Huh, okay. Yeah, they were really looking to come back. Do you notice and, what kind of car it is? On. You know what kind of car it is he initially gets? A uh, Mustang that gets T-boned. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Harry Crumb and a Mustang. Johnny Utah in a Mustang. <laughs> Joe Friday in a Mustang. Okay. Why is it a Mustang convertible? Is that would, would you include that? Ooh, three Mustangs. Three Mustangs. That could be. Could be. I wouldn't discredit it. We're going to credit it. Yeah, that is funny that he wants the Mustang, gets the Mustang. He gets, I knew they that was the, happening. Yeah, like, like, they no, set it up so perfectly. No. Yes. No. No. Yes. But then he gets the car that he deserves. The big red shark uh number three someone the size of john candy crawling through an air duct vent doesn't work wouldn't it be funny if he ran into john mcclain coming the other way <laughs> you're gonna do a super cut of that one and lilu multi multi-pass multitask <laughs> multitask myth is that three movies where people crawling in vents <laughs> oh wow could be <laughs> 
It is. I don't know. Uh, you can list it if you want. When we, we get the two submissions <laughs> to find out who Brock wins. and Falcon. The three, <laughs> the three prizes. Um, number four, tennis pro dipshit can't, uh, can make it all the way to the gate at the airport with a gun in tow, but Harry Crumb gets stuck at the metal detector with a plate in his head. What if it was a Glock? Glocks are made of plastic. Either way. I don't know. The gun shouldn't made it through the metal detector, just like Harry Crumb and the metal plate in his head. Okay. That he didn't realize until four or five times through. It's because he's, he, he's because it's he stopped. For, funny. Because well, funny. No, it's because he stopped parting his hair on that side. If he parted his hair on the other side. It would have been fine. It just wouldn't look right. Uh, and then the last one. This is clearly a PG movie wrapped up in a PG-13 paper that features Annie Potts's areolas and a commercial airline <laughs> pilot at the end of the film who gets to shout out the phrase, what the fuck is that, when he sees Harry Crumb straddling a moving stair, uh, stairway truck on the runway. He says Th- fuck? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> Don't remember that. Yeah, that's, that's where the PG-13 almost certainly comes in. Huh. And if it, that wasn't completely the deciding factor... You almost see Annie Potts nips through what she's wearing right before she has sex with Ed Rooney. Lucky bastard. <laughs> they would have made some like horribly tall, pale, redheaded children. Okay, moving yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a favorite line or favorite scene? Uh, we were I, just blasted through Harry Crumb like a bran muffin. My my favorite line or piece of dialogue is the conversation that Harry Crumb has with Mickey, the dot, the younger daughter, mm-hmm. uh, Mickey goes, look at her. Isn't she perfect? Harry Crumb. Well, I wouldn't say perfect. I mean, look at the size of her head. She must be enormous, but easy to find. And find her. We will. I will. I will. <laughs> it's just so dumb that it it was quite humorous. Well, it's it's, it's him yes. talking to a child. It's actually a pretty yeah. nice moment. He's talking to a child that has... Uh, she plays a psychotic in the stand. She does. Like she's, she's five mean, years later. She's mean to Tom Moon. Yeah. M O O N. That spells mean to Tom Moon. <laughs> the first, my first favorite scene is when you first meet Harry Crumb. Right. And he backflips into that uh, armchair. Into the okay. Chair. What's that? What's that bodybuilder's name? Jake. Whatever. Yeah, it is Jake. Every time the I body, like... not Ventura. <laughs> Jake. Somebody else. It was body by Jake. Body that by was, Jake. That's, what it, that's what it was. Yeah. What was Jake's last name? I don't know. Body. Body by Jake. Body. Mr. Body. He was in Clue. There it is. Nailed it. <laughs> uh, but he backflips into that chair, and then uh, the phone's ringing, and it's that whole buildup, swinging back and forth, and he lands in the chair, and the Harry Crumb. That's, that's a great intro. I, I love, think it's for you. Is that what he said? I, yeah. It's for you or something like that. Yeah. Because he's pissed off. Because he thinks the wife's cheating on him. Right, and then Harry Crumb flies through the window. You see, PJ, I believe that there's the criminal body and the criminal mind uh, each are separate from each other in that the criminal body, uh, although it's a, it's a criminal, doesn't know exactly what it's doing. It will commit the crime unwittingly, if you will. The criminal mind knows exactly what it's doing. A mind that is brazen yet cowardly, nimble yet clumsy, cunning yet naive, zealous. Would you get to the point? You first. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite scene, dude. I love that line. Are they at the table already, sitting and talking? They are. Is that right before they, Annie Potts sticks all the, her all the finger foot, in? All the, yeah, all foot. The foot crotching? Yes. Yeah. I say that to Jamie all the time. Jamie will go, will you shut up? And I'll go, you first. You it's, first. Because he says it out of context, and that's why it's clearly obvious it's out of context. But it's, <laughs> it's such, a, <laughs> such a childish joke. 
<laughs> it gets me every time. Do you think that it was just, just do you think just, it was just coincidental though that they were later that, in nothing but trouble that together? Ed Rooney I love how I just keep on calling him Ed Rooney that he kidnapped the daughter coincidentally that Annie Potts's character the the new wife the trophy wife had already been plotting and trying to kill her husband just to collect on the insurance money did like you, it was just coincidental did you laugh yes then yes it worked <laughs> i'm guessing that those two really had nothing to do with each other and it that's was, that's kind of just they it stumbled upon itself the story what where this movie it, all jokes aside this movie fails to be uh i think they knew that they were making a wacky right thing but like they could have taken a bit more effort and made it into a cool like it's almost cohen-esque if like, they, if two you people, didn't know who was initially kind of involved, I think two people after the same MacGuffin, right? That's a Cohen. They're both thing. after the. Well, she, he's after the money. She, oh no, excuse me, Ed Rooney. <laughs> Ed, <laughs> it doesn't matter. This how it's going to be. Ed, Ed Rooney, Rooney is after Annie Potts. Annie Potts is after the money. She'll get it any way she can. Correct. She's Whether trying to not, kill the husband, but she had nothing to do with the kidnapping. No, he, Ed Rooney wants the money so he can bang Annie Potts. So because he gets, I think we can all get there. Yeah. She wants the money because she's just a gold she's digger. She's just a gold digger. And the twain meet, and I've been drinking. <laughs> no, it could have been. Like, they could have. They could have. I think that it would have been more memorable if they had taken the time to craft the story right. a little better. Like Fletch. Yeah. You're right. Instead, this goes down as more of a uh, comedy with a detective mystery behind it. it. Yeah. Kind of like it's how much- you would. Pull a trailer with your IROC Z28 Camaro and have a trailer hitch. You can do that. It's not advisable. <laughs> it's not advisable. GMC does not advise that you do that, but you can do you it. You can do it. There's and a kit. like this movie did it. So, <laughs> <laughs> man, I had a really good point. And I I'm sorry. It. That's okay. <laughs> Are there well, it must have been not that good. No, it was a good one. It was a good one. Well, you let me know when you get to it. I'll try to interrupt you again. Well, let's let's wait. Yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> Do you have a worse line? Uh, I, you know what? I I chose not to go that route. I no, didn't, I didn't either. I wrote it down. I've not. I'm. We've not really done a good job on that this season. Oh, uh, it's. You have to really be looking for it, or it has to just jump out pop. at you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my issue when it comes to plot points and pacing was just well, the movie uh, moves at a quick pace, and the movie is really just just. Shy a, over ninety minutes. One it's gag, one yeah. gag, one gag, one gag. The film just it, the film feels more silly than it's like actually funny to me. Okay, I think they f- the silliness not overshadows of, the funniness. Not a lot of wit. On, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the childish childish antics of Candy's physical comedy to me falls flat as the film feels like what uh, what could have been a twenty minute short film suffers. As it feels like it's stretched over like a feature length film. Okay. So the humor and the physical physical comedy could have worked better if it had been condensed. And I think because it's stretched over not as solid a story as like like you said, Fletch, I, I think that makes the film suffer some. Could it could this have been a thirty minute sitcom? Each episode Crumb stumbles into a 
plot or is given a kind of like the naked gun yeah. the naked gun uh, it was called police squad well i mean look go i'll i'm going to jump right to who i would have rather cast in this movie ooh okay leslie nielsen ooh okay so just make it a naked gun movie well yeah make it a naked gun movie i just i i think the problem is is seeing hair i think my issue is i have a hard time with john candy in this role why because i don't see him as a daft idiot Okay, so you see him playing dumb and you don't like it. I think that's what it I think okay. that's my biggest problem. Okay. I think we finally uh made a breakthrough. Yeah, we've had a breakthrough. Wow. I feel good. <laughs> and I'm not even lying down on your couch. <laughs> <laughs> I think my problem is is that they cast the wrong person in this movie. I think this works better with Leslie Nielsen. That's who I would have cast or I put down here that if I had a magic wand and could make one change, it's either that or I would have uh I would change Harry if, – if you keep Candy as Harry Crumb, uh-huh. I would uh, change him from bumbling and not uh, not make him inept or daft. I think the better John Candy in the lead movies usually have him running into normal situations where some physical comedy comes into effect, but his best characters are ones where he still has a heart of gold but is also sometimes smarter than you think he is. And here he's not – Sure. And like I the think great outdoors, yeah, summer great, rental. Right. Okay. He's smarter than you think he is. People are going to treat him like an idiot, and he's going to get the upper hand at the end of the movie. And here he gets the upper hand, but he's not the smarter individual. But accidentally. Right. Okay. That's my problem. What's interesting here, I have under Magic Wand, and I haven't... <clears throat> so I watched Fletch last night, uh, but I watched Harry Crumb a long time ago because I had to let you borrow it. Right. Um, so what I have here is I, I wouldn't really change anything because I kind of see this film for what it is. It's just a stupid, right. goofy romp. Uh, but if I had to change something, what I have here is it's all the Fletch-like costume changes feel a bit like a sketch comedy show. So I'm I'm as smart as you. <laughs> you don't see John Candy do a lot of the character stuff, like the sketchy stuff. Like he's always just Chet Ripley. Or he's whatever his name is in Summer Rental. He's a, he's just like the good-hearted schlub, the dad, and that's the character. And he might have a bit of an arc, right? But this in this, you get to see him do like character work, and right. that's kind of fun because unless you watch SCTV, you don't you see don't really do, see that. Yeah. So in that in that regard, it's kind of fun. No, well, that's true. I never thought about the fact that, but Chevy Chase, whatever is, film he's in, he's just locked into that character, and that's it. Correct. Now Chevy Chase does it too. With like vacation or well, it's really just really the vacation series where he's the dad, and he's good and believable. But then in Fletch, he does character stuff. Right. This just Fletch just does it better. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody does it better except for Fletch. Um, if I could recast the lead, I have. I think a lot of times I go. Uh, I have two, um, and they're both actually modern on this one. Charlie Day. Okay. I think would be kind of fun. All right. Yeah, yeah. I could do that. I could see that. He could do that fake vibrato. Also play this stupidest guy in the room. I'm very smart. I'm much smarter than you think I am, and he's really an idiot. Right. Or if you want a fat guy just to do character stuff, Henry Zabrowski from uh, Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell. He could do the nouveau Chris Farley. I would pay to see either one, really. I think I would watch this movie with Chris Farley in it. At least him. Isn't it, I, isn't it just Beverly Hills Ninja? Yeah, may, maybe. But I would watch it with Chris Farley again. I don't know if I would watch it with John Candy. Farley plays the per, plays the dumber better sure. than Candy does. Sure. 
And I think that was my biggest struggle is that this was a movie that felt like a paycheck for candy. My favorite scene is when he goes into the salon. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, what did you say your name was? I am the Jules Dilioche. Oh, could you spell that, please? I'm... I don't think so. Try it with a D. Uh, you say you're from New York. No, no, no. I work in New York. I am from Budapest. Oh, Hungary. No, thank you. I had a falafel before I got here. <laughs> uh, no, I'm sorry. That's not what I meant. Mr. Dilioche. I'm Dennis Kimball. Dennis Kimball. Yes. Ah. <laughs> I just heard this morning you were coming. Yes, well, I'm here. Uh, this is our vice president in charge of operations. Quality control. Yes, uh, something that's very important to us here. So you say. Move it, Kimball. Come on. Move, 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 Dennis. Do you do you really believe that they believe that he's their regional vice president or whatever it was that he said? Assistant to the regional vice what? principal. <laughs> Vice principal, yeah, Vice Ed president. Rooney. Because yeah. <laughs> you're right, you don't see John Candy doing a lot of that shit. You really don't, and so this does allow him that opportunity to just kind of be racist. Well, throw himself into a character, and he wasn't Turkish; he was Hungarian. Seeing those every once in a while is funny. The guy that another uh, jackass. For, oh yeah, uh, the, the guy who runs the hotel or is Joe, the security in the hotel. Joe uh, he's a, he's an SCT SCSCTV. Uh, Joe Flaherty is his name. Yeah, he was the dad in Freaks and Geeks. Yeah, you suck, jackass. You jackass. I forget that's him. That was kind of funny too when he flies through the <laughs> the air duct and then knocks him out. I was uh, watching the fight. Nathan mentioned way earlier today that uh, am I going to make a supercut of Lilu and. John McClane and Harry Crumb in the air duct. And I actually have that written in my notes. And I showed Nathan while I was playing. So <laughs> two idiots think alike. <laughs> I do have here, what if John Goodman played him, but straight? This wasn't oh, a comedy. And, you this, and this wasn't a recasting. This was just a... What what if, it, well, just a reimagining. You make Who's Harry Crumb? Make it a Coen Brothers movie. Okay. It's still kind of funny. Still kind of dark. Yeah. But John Candy plays Harry Crumb. I mean, John, John Candy... Goodman? You mean John yep. Goodman? Yep, John Goodman. John Goodman plays John Candy in, in Harry Crumb. The making of. <laughs> that would be interesting. No, I would. But John, Can John Goodman watch 20 it years ago. I'd watch it once. Still hold up? Uh, we are blowing through this one, by the way. <laughs> uh, Which is totally fine. I'll put it this way. I, I was kind of excited to watch a new John Candy film for the first time. Uh, and I can't say that the film really holds up, though. Uh, while I may have held the film in a different regard, had I seen the picture in 89, uh, seeing it 30 years later uh, makes me say no, uh, in all honesty. But that's just because I don't have a history of this. This isn't, with, with this this movie, isn't yeah. nostalgic for me. Right, right. It's nostalgic more for you. And so that's probably why. I mean, you like dumber things. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that that show on Netflix? You like dumber things than I do. <laughs> dumber things. That would be Travis's show is dumber things rather than her stranger be, things. Her name would be 13. Instead of the upside down to be the sideways. The sideways. <laughs> <laughs> but I felt it could have been better. And I guess I just either overthought it or just was, eh. I mean, even Lisa was like, you watch Harry Crumb? Who's Harry Crumb? Like, yeah. I was like, oh. What'd she think? She's not a big fan of the movie. She didn't think it was that great of a, a movie for him compared to... She loves John Candy. And there are other films that are much higher up on 
on the yeah yeah yeah. Don't don't get me twisted. Don't get me twisted. There's I'd, boy, I tell you, you try to find like just information on uh, who's Harry Crumb when you go to YouTube and go like who's Harry Crumb reviews, and everybody's like, this is a really underrated John Candy film. I'm like, did you not see? Uncle Buck. Well, I think I think I the, think it's the material. It really is. That's what they're trying to say. I think is it's a different a different exercise for him. Right. Okay. He's not playing the relatable relatable uh, schlub dad. Right. It's 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 more of a fun character. Just be goofy piece for him. And I think in that regard, it's it's for me it holds up for I, what because, it is. Okay. For yeah yeah, yeah 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 yeah. It's not Beverly Hills Cop. It's not Fletch. <laughs> and again, like I, I I at least hope they knew that. Going in, and they just had fun making it. But yeah, for me, it, it holds up. Do you? Uh, you did trivia on this. And I did. Uh, there's I, not a lot. I thank you for doing that. What's what's your trivia? <laughs> I'll have my th- four lines here. <laughs> one of them we already talked about. This is John Candy's Fletch. Is the first one that's kind of on there. And then I put in bold. Except it's not even close to as good. Fletch isn't an idiot, and Chevy Chase Chevy Chase played clumsy much better than John Candy. Uh, director Paul Flattery uh, and actor John Candy were alums of the Canadian sketch comedy improv TV trope SCTV, Second City TV. That was, what, Toronto? Mm-hmm. Is that what it was? Uh, a number of Canadian Second City TV regulars made cameos, including the one you were talking about earlier about the security guard at the apartment complex where he's the uh, he's doing the air conditioning, Bombay air conditioning, and then he flies through the air duct and then runs oh, into Joe Flaherty. Is that him, Joe Flaherty? Are yeah, they but, brothers? Paul with the director? Must be. Maybe. I don't know. They're all Joe. They're Joe all is brothers. Joe is the come on. What's it trying yeah. to get the change? Yeah, yeah, that's Joe. Okay. Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Coca Cola is quite prevalent in this film. If you didn't realize, if you didn't notice it before, I didn't. It's yeah. Seen being drunk as product placements in this movie on at least a couple of occasions, one of them being Diet Coke. The movie was made by TriStar Pictures, which was a division of Columbia Pictures, which was owned by the Coca-Cola company at that time. No shit. <laughs> really? Yeah, get out uh, of there, right? I, no, I didn't know. It's crazy. I know. I, 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 I didn't so know. Weird. I had no idea, but it was more prevalent. I even thought about it. I'm like, boy, there's a lot of Coke placement. And then when I pull up trivia, I'm like, yeah, there is a lot of Coke placement Um, this being a noir gumshoe spoof the seemingly out of place orange tree plant in Harry's office is an homage to Chinatown which I'd brought up earlier I forgot that until it hit me later so and then although the film is set in Los Angeles it was filmed completely and entirely in Vancouver they uh, brought in palm trees to emulate California scenery that Nothing is, was filmed in Los Angeles. That is crazy. Is that not nuts? I love that. Why? <laughs> cheaper. It's cheaper to import palm trees then. <laughs> That's so nuts. Sometimes I that that tends to rack my brain sometimes where they can pull it off enough to write everything you're seeing. Yeah, that was in Canada. I would have I would have It was I Canada, eh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Similar or equal film. I put Naked Gun. Any of the Naked Gun series. That's good. Um What's funny is, is like, if we hadn't already planned the two together, I probably would have said Fletch with this movie. Sure, yeah. Which is weird. Instead, I I say with Naked Gun, at least Naked Gun, it's absurd and it is absurd for absurd sake, and the fact that it knows its audience. And I think this didn't. I know for a fact with the information I pulled up, this did not do well in the box office. He had four movies that came out this year. In eighty nine. In 89. What this was they? February. I don't have all four of them, 
But I think Uncle Buck was either the third or the fourth film towards the end of the year, and that was the one that did really well. I wonder if he phoned this in then. It felt kind of... It felt a bit phoned. And that's... I don't really have a similar or equal. I've put Curse of the Jade Scorpion, mm-hmm. which I've mentioned before. I think you've mentioned that. I think you even recommended that once before, but I can't remember. I have, which film. and that's like I feel like I feel like I'm copping out. It's, Just sometimes say no, you don't have one. I don't really have one. Um, I know that's a bit of a cop out, but I don't. If you want a John Candy movie, I'm a big Decent. fan of Summer Rental. That's better. It's, it has nothing to do with this. I'll Great Outdoors. Great pick. Outdoors. Mm, I don't know. That, that's what I say. I say I don't. I don't have one. Okay. Other than the one we're about to talk about. This is definitely the inferior film compared to Fletch. Correct. And we have we purposely gone opposite. Well, we didn't really go opposite. Yeah. Before so next, we uh, next, just to get to yeah. Fletch real quick, let's just hit some final thoughts on Harry Crumb. There's not really a ton to say about it that we haven't already said. It's not. No. There's there's not a lot to wade through. It's kind of a boilerplate late '80s. There really aren't a lot of laugh out loud moments. And as I watched it. Through this sort of, it's become it's become sort of a one of those movies you have on in the background on a Sunday for me. Okay, I get that. And watching it and like being in the present when I watched it to take notes on it made me realize this isn't really that good of a movie, as far as that goes. Right. But as an old friend, it's still it's still there for me every time. Okay. And you don't have to like it because you you know you you don't to have it. to like Rocky. It's okay. Uh, yeah, and yeah. I don't. And you <laughs> Rocky. <laughs> Hit your final thoughts. Let's talk about Fletch. Um, I think it feels kind of like a wasted performance by Candy compared to other mm-hmm. stronger films. Uh, the best thing about the movie is the fun chemistry between Candy and Shawnee Smith, the uh, daughter, the younger daughter. Yeah, I, I agree. The five years to, uh, sooner or later, the psychopath from the Stand miniseries. Uh, too many side gags. Goofball setups and, and overplayed accidents, its lowest common denominator humor in those films have to really hit me the right way or it just feels stupid. And sometimes that's that's kind of how it feels for me with this one. It's a bit of a misstep for John Candy's career. He's playing with the po- the power of a of star attraction. It has funny moments. It really does. It does ha- have some quite a few funny moments. But they're too far apart in a film that just feels kind of disappointing for me. Right. And it's really weird also that there's almost like a makeshift S&M room in, in the LAX airport with chains that they tie up <laughs> Ed Rooney in. <laughs> sure. Also, who dresses like that to go to the airport? So it's 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 mildly disappointing. I don't hate the movie. I really don't. I just I'm indifferent to it, and it, and it's definitely not something that I would easily gravitate towards later. When do you think you might watch it again? Oh, uh, when you when I ask for it from you. <laughs> so In, never. Uh, maybe a few years. Okay. A few seasons from now, maybe. One and done. Huh? One, <laughs> one and done on who's Harry Crumb. Oh, for God, done, done. What is this man saying? What is this man doing? What in the hell's the matter with you? What is this man's name? My name is Igor Stravinsky. Hi there, I'm uh, Harry S. Truman. I'm uh, Don Corleone. They call him Fletch. Fletch! Fletch! Fletch, F. Fletch. He's good at defending himself. Better tie your shoelaces. Disguising himself. And getting himself into trouble. Well, it be Fletch. Go ahead. Make my day. He's a reporter. There are no tags on these mattresses. 
who's about to write the story of a lifetime. Will you kill me? Sure. If he lives. Thanks a lot! There isn't a woman he can't charm. Can I borrow your towel for a sec? My car just hit a water buffalo. A question he won't ask. You and your wife are currently alive, I take it. Drop your shorts and bend over, Mr. Babar. A risk he won't take. Probably feel 100% Moon River. To get to the truth. It looks like you two have a lot to talk over. We'll just catch the last 10 minutes of Dynasty. Universal Pictures presents Chevy Chase as Fletch. My hero. Welcome to it. What sort of trailer is that? Where did you find that? A not good one? That's the official trailer. Really? That's what it says. It's definitely not uh, a movie voice guy. <laughs> it's like a movie you voice guy world. is intern. <laughs> the movie voice the movie voice guy was who, sick for the day, so who his... is that? <laughs> so yeah, straight up, um, all of my favorite lines, of which there are many. I will it, just, are I you will, gonna be do it like Tombstone? I will pepper them in, yes. Okay. Liberally. Because they're he's got a lot of them. And I only picked purposefully one because I knew you'd had many or would have many. Now, I do have a favorite scene. Yeah, I'm sure you do. I was just saying I know there's a lot of – and they're all one-liners, one or two. They're all just – usually it's yeah. stingers. I don't know about you. This is number 3,703 for me. Oh, wow. It's probably only Viewing in the flesh. 20s of mine. Really? Yeah, enough for me, but <laughs> – This is the Chevy Chase movie for me. This is the Chevy Chase this, movie. This when um, – when I do Chevy, I, I love the vacation movies, but when I do a Chevy Chase movie, it's typically Fletch. Yeah. Like, he's always going to be Clark Griswold. But he's always, also always going to be Fletch. Yeah. And for me, Fletch has more bite. It's yeah. more, it's, it's more of a fun story. Fletch for has more bite, even though he's in the PG movie, too, because Clark is in the R movies. He's, he's R in vacation. I think he's R in European vacation. He's R in at least two of the four well, vacation movies. There's boobs in. European yeah. vacation. There's boobs in regular vacation. You get to see uh, what's her name's boobs. <laughs> I love your body, Larry. <laughs> That's one of my favorite lines. <laughs> and then the hotel, what? The motel lady's like, <laughs> <laughs> which I had watching this last night. I had an interesting thought during that scene because, but it is Gene Davis. <laughs> I did, yeah, yeah, for the fifth time. I did. yep, yeah. She definitely doesn't hit the. Uh, we talked about it before. She definitely doesn't hit the. Uh, the three. No. For season no. three. What if Tim Allen played Fletch? I don't know. Yeah. I don't either. What made me think of that is uh, watching this last night when he says, I love your body, Larry, and the, the hotel clerk kind of does that. It made me, like, I put the Tim Allen noise in there. <laughs> right. And I thought, ah, Tim Allen could maybe he wouldn't, play it. It wouldn't be bad, but it wouldn't be as good. It would not be nearly no, as good. No, not nearly as good. And that does not, I just... As we're talking, I wasn't going to even mention that, but it occurred to me. That is he, an interesting just you, offset. You he's not. Off he's shoot. not my. He's not my recasting. Don't even. No. We're not even close to that yet. Um, I love this movie. I've actually not even been watching it that long. My criticism, the only criticism, big criticism, criticism that I will have will be towards Chevy Chase huh. as his performance. Okay, but we'll get there when we okay. get there. But yeah, I love I love Fletch. I love the soundtrack. I love everything about Fletch. I love how it's a Los Angeles movie without being like stereotypical Los Angeles. Yeah, I didn't I think, think about I, that. I think I looked up something not too long ago. They said that it's one of the top movies for people who live in Los Angeles. Why that is that? Would, because it doesn't show all of the the normal 
LA shit. LA shit. It's everything that everyday people would normally see. Huh. Okay. Interesting. At least that's what I that's what I heard. That's what I kind of read. So we'll Because uh, go you with lived that. in Whittier, right? So. <laughs> yes. This is another That was one when those... He Man showed up. So. <laughs> <laughs> this was another one that was hard for me to just Oh, I have very few uh notes on this one. Notes on this one. <laughs> It was really difficult. It I was, got four. It was really hard. I got four pages. We're, we'll be okay. But it was hard to not. I had. To, I. It took me about candy shell on this one. It took me about four hours to do this because I. I would. I was watching it, and then I'd realize, fifteen twenty minutes had gone by, and I hadn't written anything down, and I'd missed so much, but I hadn't missed it because I was just watching it and laughing. Yeah. This okay. So if you guys don't know, Fletch is the titular character from. Uh, a series of novels by Gregory McDonald. Correct, by Gregory McDonald. I, correct. That was the first thing I actually had down here. Was you've read? Have you? How many of his have you read? I know you've read some. Four I or five. Okay, they're amazing. Okay, and they're great. They, does the movie, the first movie? We're not talking about the second one because, from what you've said, that doesn't exist in your. That comes into trivia. The second okay. movie actually wasn't based off any of the any novels. books, which this, was a this was based... huge disservice from what I've correct. been told. Correct. Does this movie kind of encapsulate the? The first, the uh, I believe it was. The is first how one. accurate is it to the to the character? Pretty close. Pretty, pretty close. Pretty close. Actually, just to steal is it, it hard not to read it and not see Chevy Chase? This much? for me, watching this and then reading the novels. All right, makes the novels go. You, the Does fun it make the novels a little easier because you're though? picturing Chevy Chase. Right okay. now, obviously, the novels weren't written with Chevy Chase in mind. Right, but was he the only one that okayed it? For Chevy Chase, Gregory McDonald, uh, right. the author, he had he had say over who could play or who could not play Chase uh, Fletch. <laughs> Chase. That'd be a great name for him too, Chase. Uh, and he chose Chevy Chase. Okay. And okay. reading them, have you read any of them? No, they're they're pretty easy reads. But um, Fletch is a little darker and a little less Chevy Chase. Okay. But there's it's not a it's not a big jump to get to. Oh, well, okay, yeah, I'm there. I can see it. So reading any further novels after you saw this movie, it's it's super easy to just picture Chevy Chase in the role. Okay. He just, they're, they're, the performances would be a little more dialed down. All right. And I'll get into a bit more of that in, in trivia. And it's not like Chase's performance is dialed up. It's just dialed to Chevy Chase, pretty much. In my opinion, he's a little, he's a little, he's split. Okay. Because what they did with this was they, they did one take that was on book and then one take. That was Chase Chevy. go ahead and improv kind what of What they thing. ended yeah. up using like 85% of Chevy Chase's stuff. And I think it kind of shows through. Like when he's a little more serious in a scene, you're like, that's probably on book. And that's... I'll mention that a little bit later, You know, too. the uh, Bloody Mary steak sandwich and uh, steak, steak sandwich. sandwich. That's clearly a Chevy Chase improv. And the, excuse you, the whew, looking at his right wrist with no watch on it. Uh, and the, I feel like $100. Those are both straight out of Caddyshack. Correct. And I I caught that this time when, but he did, um, the, the the wristwatch the under, is, when <laughs> when Underhill was at the at the bungalow and he was like whoosh, when he pulled up his it was his left arm because if he's right handed the the watch would be on his left, but either way he did that and then was like and then climbing out the window and that's when she's like you're the same size as build as my husband and John Cocktoast and <laughs> that's an odd name story. Well, Scotch Romanian it's an odd combination well so were my parents. <laughs> Again, this is to me the Chevy Chase movie. All right, here's another favorite line, real quick. <clears throat> you know, I almost bought this place till I found out Hopalong Cassidy killed himself here. 
bow and arrow. Very, Very weird. weird. <laughs> what, are you doped up now? Talk to me like that, ass face. I don't work for you yet. And that was one of your favorite movie lines from the Pick 6, I think. It is. My yeah. friend Corey and I, Corey doesn't have Facebook, but his wife, Andrea, does. So there's your shout out. Uh, we would say that he, used to, he and I used to work together. And it would be a situation like, hey, come look at this. This R2 unit has a bad motivator look or whatever. you know. <laughs> and I'd go, oh, yeah, bow and arrow. Very weird. And just walk off. <laughs> Fix it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. I, no one I work with now has even seen Fletch. When I say some of this asinine shit that I'm about to list off during this episode, <laughs> there's another one. It's okay. I'm going to get to it later. No one laughs. But I'm like, I'll go. Oh, yeah. And then you'll laugh to yourself. And but then, I, but I laugh out loud weird. to myself and walk off, and they're like, what the fuck is wrong with him? Well, I've seen Fletch 35 times. That's what's wrong with me. Actually, that's what's right with me. What doesn't work? Oh, we're going there? That's the next thing I have on my notes. Oh, well, then I feel like I'm nitpicking. I have three bullet points, and it just says, and it's not even bullet points, but it's just every once in a while, um, Chase's deadpan performance almost undermines the seriousness of the story or the danger that Fletch is actually in. Okay, sure. Uh, because his take on the character, which is pretty much Chevy Chase playing himself with the name of <laughs> of uh, Irwin M. Fletcher. Fletch F. Fletch. Uh, Fletch F. Fletch. Uh, it feels as if he's not as invested in it as we are kind of and it kind of discredits the film as a whole in that respect this was the first time i really watched fletch with a more critical eye and while most of the story is pretty solid it's an interesting and engaging story and sometimes you have to think does chevy chase's performance of just being chevy chase do the story justice or i think for the most part yes it's chase and is it too much chase I see what you're saying. And he, not enough, he, and not enough Fletch. Sure. And his interpretation of what Fletch is. But, I don't think so. But. but only once Fletch's life is actually being threatened, which typically means that he's staring down the barrel of a loaded gun. Whoops. You know, before he really takes the situation seriously, you have to wonder if those were the first takes uh, the director wanted before Chase was told that he can do whatever he wants. And that's what I was getting at. It's just like. Anytime there's a a serious non chase line, is the director going stay on book, yeah, stay I, on target? I feel the same way. I, and so that's that's my what doesn't work is every once in a while it just feels like, dude, the, come on, those edges aren't those transitions aren't rounded enough. They're not as smooth. Yeah, but, I see, I, no, I agree with and that. And I don't and and it's it's like I said, it's a nitpick. I notice exactly what you're saying, and that's that's what always it doesn't bother me. That that's just I. Just knowing that they gave him two passes. Yeah, and I like that because it was, I need one that's right on book for one the for script. The, one for the studio. And then now have fun with it. Yeah, and one for... And then we'll see where it goes. One for the studio and then the one that we're And I think use. every once in a while, that one sticks out because it's Joe Don Baker pulling the cock, uh, pulling the hammer back. Pulling the cock. Yeah, pulling the cock. That's a totally different movie. <laughs> What did Family Guy call it? Chevy, the the, the Quahog Dyslexic Society prevents Chevy Ch- presents Chevy Chase in Felch. <laughs> Subtitle: Pulling the cock. <laughs> when he pulls the hammer back on the, the little snub nose thirty eight in the jail cell, and it's just like then suddenly it's serious. Yes, you're nitpicking. Uh, yeah. It's okay. Like I said, it's nitpicking, but it's that's, okay. It's our show. I I would say pass. For me, that everything works. It does. It does. Okay. That, I do hate that they tried a sequel. 
um, without using any of the readily available source material. So there's like, what, 11, 12 novels? There were plenty by the time 19... At least, at least half a dozen. Was it 89, 90 when yeah. Fletch Lives eight, comes eight, out? 89. Yeah. A fun twist of irony, John Candy's Fletch was not nearly as good as Fletch, but Fletch's sequel wasn't nearly as good as Who's Harry Crumb. <laughs> It's actually st- – no, it's not good. Fletch Lives is not good. The story is – I'm really surprised that they didn't make more films than two. And the fact that it was almost four, five years apart. I'm four. really yeah, – yeah, I'm really – Because, dude, talk about ripe for sequel. The way it ends. Yeah. And it was a big hit. It was, yeah. That's what's really surprising. It's, this is one of the funniest movies I, – dude, I laughed last – again, I've probably seen this 35 times and I'm not shitting you. I was watching it last night trying to take – I was like, I didn't want to take notes on it because, like, I don't – I found doing this, taking notes on comedies because we try to be funny when we do this. When we fail most of the time, but we try to be funny. We try to make each other – that's what we're trying to do. We're trying right. to make each other laugh. And there's not, like, do you, do you think Stanwyck pooped when he died? You know, it doesn't <laughs> – th- we don't need to be funny about this movie because – Stanwyck didn't die. <laughs> and this movie's already classically funny. Yeah. But I was watching it last night thinking, like, how old am I going to? When am I? How old am I going to be the first time I don't laugh at this movie? And I don't want to be that old. You know what I mean? Dementia. This movie. So <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> this movie still makes me laugh. It's it, it's his delivery. It's his delivery, but it's it's what he says and how he delivers it. It's the. Uh, yeah. Say, <laughs> I, can I borrow your towel for a sec? My I'm car just had a water, water buffalo. buffalo. <laughs> Fletch is the perfect bullshit artist. Uh-huh. He's pushing. His questions to the brink of stupidity and then just miraculously somehow pulling it back in just so he can collect as much information needed for the story that he's writing and to be able to move on to the next now, clue, you know? Marvin, you and your wife Velma are currently alive. That kind of question? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the last time it's you like, saw Alan, how long has he been coming up here? Mm. He's like, yeah, this feels like a cop thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I never thought about how much... It very much like under plot points and pacing, I put, I'm like, this is a wonderfully paced classic Hollywood detective story that, that sort of feels almost noir-like. Yeah. Because it's a it's an investigative reporter. His portrayal and of so, it makes it not noir, though. Right. But he's also but he's also doing very much noir-like where he's narrating the story yeah. to the audience. Yeah. And so it definitely has the, the same vein of, of those films in the 40s and 50s, you know? It's even got that sort of the musical companion. Yeah. From Harold Faltermeyer. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's... But it's like an 80s noir. It's 80s noir. 80s comedy noir kind of thing. It has that intrigue and... Can you hear the chair? Well, I'm sure I can, whether or not the the listeners Sounds like your shoulder. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, No, but the music... The music really... Hits perfectly. While some people may hear it and go think dated, but they, I, I, they will be wrong. I, he, you know, well, they will be wrong, and it feels incredibly nostalgic. But it just it fits the story. It feels kind of mysterious, and and there's a bit of wondery in hmm. everything that he's doing. With it's like another character. Sure. You oh, know? totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this movie, in my opinion, would be. 20% less interesting 
if that score wasn't there? I think it'd be more. If you took that score out of it, it'd I think you'd be more interesting? Less. I'm sorry. It would be oh, more than 20%. More percent okay. not interesting, which is uh, I'm clearly a mathematician. Um, <laughs> so it'd be 80. No, so it'd be 70. I think Six most five. movies would be far less interesting. Without the score? Yeah. Yeah. You, There's the, possibility. It's, that's why <laughs> scores are so important. Uh, the other points I put down here, I'm like, the direction and editing are spot on as the film feels just ever so slightly satirical, but never lingering on too long for any joke. None of the jokes, no. like, it is like... Not a Mike Myers film. Right. Um, it You successfully get the laugh in, you get in, you get out, and you move on to the next scene. Yep. And that's what makes... That w- that's what makes the comedy work is because it captures that moment, moment and then it's done. Yep. And it, you hold on too long, like you said, and <laughs> you end up with the Mike Myers picture. Uh, the story moves along briskly, never slowing down for me to look at my watch. It unfolds nicely. It's just over an hour and a half. Uh, I don't think I would adjust this film's length in any way, shape, or form. There's n- it's really fine-tuned. Three names I enjoy. Marvin, Velma. And Provo. <laughs> Is that a Utah joke? Yeah. Provo. Yeah. Do you have a favorite scene? I've, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna continue to do favorite lines throughout the episode, but I've got I've got a favorite scene that I've got a clip for. Do you have one? I do. Now, how long have you had these pains, Mr. Barber? Now that's Babar. Two B's. One B. B A B A R. That's two. Yeah, but not right next to each other. I thought that's what you meant. Arnold Babar. Isn't there a children's book about an elephant named Babar? I don't know. I don't have any. No children? No elephant books. Open why. Say ah. No, it's an odd name. I don't recall having seen it on the club registry. Well, I don't formally belong. Uh, I'm a guest of my aunt's. Your aunt? Right, Mrs. Smith. Joan or Margaret? Uh-huh, right. Well, which one? Margaret. Funny old bird. Yeah, is she ever. I could tell you some stories. I bet. You know, it's a shame about Ed. Oh, it was. Yeah, it was really a shame. It goes so suddenly like that. He's dying for years. Sure, but uh, the end was very... Very sudden. He was in intensive care for eight weeks. Yeah, but I mean the very end, when he actually died, that was extremely sudden. You know, Alan and I were uh, recently speaking of dying. He told me Boyd Aviation took out a large insurance policy on him. Got to be in some kind of perfect shape to get that sort of a policy, I bet. Drop your shorts and bend over, Mr. Babar. Oh, no, really, uh, we, we don't need to. I've, uh, we don't want to do that. So, you know, my kidneys feel a lot better in this position. Maybe it's just that I'm not doing any calisthenics. You know, if I did some sit-ups in the morning or bent over like this, I'd probably feel 100% moon river. Whew. Thank you, Doc. You ever serve time? Breathe easy. Breathe easy. You know, I was surprised that Alan was able to get that uh, policy. I know there's a history of cancer in the family. There is? Yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, you using the whole fist, Doc? Just relax. 
Yeah, I saw Alan the other day. He's looking a little peaked. I don't know. I think he's lost weight. Are you sure he's all right? I can't discuss another patient. You know that. Well, I don't find anything wrong with you. Huh. Well, I'm sure it's not for a lack of looking. <laughs> <laughs> he's still one of my favorite lines, which is the... Uh, Using the whole fist, Doc? Yeah, that was always been one of my favorite lines from this movie. Uh, I just love the fact that the lengths that Fletch is willing to go to in order to just obtain a few extra clues <laughs> to stay on the case and to chase down a story is quite extraordinary to the point of prostate examination. <laughs> I'll never listen to Moon River the same way again since I've seen this movie. I remember, I the, first, that much. I remember the first time I watched this movie. That's the scene that made me laugh the hardest. Because I, <laughs> I was already laughing by the time he got there, and I didn't even know until the next time I watched it that it was Moon River. But I thought he just went, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I have three favorite lines that I could narrow down. Okay. They may be on yours. Probably. What I'll do Probably, maybe. is I'm going to, uh, for two of them, I'm going to feed you the line for Fletch's response, and I'm sure you'll know what they are. I'm Fletch. You're Fletch. For two of the three? For two of the three. Okay. You ready? As ever as already be. Uh, you'll be wearing rubber gloves. Do you own rubber gloves? I rent them. I have a lease with an option. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, first I'm like, who says that? And then I came back and went, no, the more logical question is, who asked that? <laughs> who asked, do you own rubber rubber gloves? Really? I wonder if he meant like dish. I don't know. Dish gloves. Okay. Second line is uh, ever seen a spleen that large? Whew, nah, not since breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I use that I one. I haven't uh, sterilized. Uh, You're not going to make this guy any sicker. The last one is Fletch. I'm afraid I'm going to have to pull rank on you. Uh, I don't want to have to do this. I'm with the mattress police. There are no tags on these mattresses. <laughs> she moved out. That's the guy who kicks in the nuts, right? Yeah. It's love- hard not to just sit here and giggle about no, this movie. No, I know. Because this movie makes me laugh I, so much. I, I'm like, I love the magic. When they're, they're in the wreckage room, it's like, how are you doing, doctor? Where are we? In the wreckage room. Oh, I'm much better now. <laughs> but he's like, I love the magic of movie computers for the purpose of driving the plot. Blank screen, just type the name of the person you're looking for, <laughs> and you'll get exactly the information you need to move the story along. Alan Thank Stanwyck, you, script. comma, cancer. <laughs> thinking, thinking, thinking. No cancer. Huh. Hmm. The plot thickens. <clears throat> uh, I'm pretty sure that this may come up on trivia, but the first moment that Alan Stanwyck drive, drove up in his car with uh, Fletch, is that the Godfather house? It is the Godfather house. It is. Yep. Okay. From the, with the horse head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was, I think that's what most people know when you say the Godfather house is the house in Beverly Hills or whatever that. Yep. It yeah. is. Okay. I actually, I didn't write it God, down. I because... thought that looked right. I thought that, I'm like, this is the Godfather house, isn't it? No, I'm sure Travis will probably know if that's the case. It was in trivia and okay. I actually didn't write it down because I didn't you knew think it. it was. Well, no, no. I, didn't, I didn't know it. I just didn't think it was. It was didn't think it would play, but you yeah, asked, and no, all right. luckily I just watched, I read this, Thank all, God. did all this research last night. So research people, do it. Sugar, Mister Poon? No, never, never. <laughs> I do that one all the time too. Poon. What type of name is that? Comanche Indian. <laughs> I have I have two favorite scenes. One I'll describe, and one I'll play a clip of. Sure. The first one is the chase scene. It's. Uh, <laughs> 
It's actually it's right after Get my, Out of Town, the song. It's, yeah, it's the the chase scene comes right after my clip. But I think that chase scene perfectly encapsulates what this movie is. It's a bit of action, a bit of crime, and a bit of comedy. Right. And it's all in the same, you know. Like I stole this car. Well, that's okay. I'm not even sure that's really a crime anymore. anymore. <laughs> that whole you know, hey Freddie, how's the herpes? Does it hurt? <laughs> I did pull over before. The whole but in the songs playing. We play this game all the time. <laughs> when he goes behind the truck or whatever. Yeah. Oh, and there's Freddie. Oh, he'll be so surprised. This the whole. It's so asinine, man. It is asinine. It would have made that scene funny. Actually, no, it wouldn't have been funny. It would have been cutesy and it would have, it would have ruined this. But if it had been Danny Noonan from Caddyshack trying to steal the car. That would have been fun. No, I think that would have just been funny if people hadn't really made the connection. Okay. I wonder if that's who they potentially had him it's now. possible that would have been funny um but my favorite scene is this one beloved leader a man who needs no introduction thank you very much sammy thank you uh, i couldn't wait uh it was a very nice introduction and i am very thrilled and proud to be here today it's been a wonderful ceremony so far here on behalf of our own fred the dorf dorfman many of you don't know that fred was darn near death recently and uh he wasn't ashamed to admit to me that he'd had syphilis and thank god he stopped in his tracks i must tell you that it takes a lot for a man to to admit where he got it from and how he got it and i must say look at him today fred you look just wonderful uh, the nose looks normal again the face has come back into shape and uh, it's not drooling anymore it's a good sign and hats off to marge his wife because that whole experience there, the two or three weeks that she stayed at Trembling Hills, has paid off. No more alcohol or sedatives in her life. But there's so many other things I want to tell you about, Fred. Things that maybe many of you already know. Sammy, you're not going to sing for us, are you? <laughs> Did you know that Fred uh, spent a good deal of his life honoring a profession that has gone largely unsung around here? Some of those boys are here tonight. The profession, of course, is law enforcement. I know Fred feels this way, that too often our feelings are locked in and we feel restrained and perhaps even embarrassed to actually reach out and touch an officer of the law. After all, they are people, aren't they? So why not stand up and pat them on the back? Go ahead, reach out. Go ahead, shake hands with any one of the guys you see here, these men in blue. Hug a cop. Yeah, go ahead. I said it. Yeah, that's a wonderful feeling. I am so proud tonight. Fred is a... Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hail and the cops, the cops, it's what. Yes, that's from HD. But, uh. <laughs> What's funniest to me about that is that is clearly him riffing. Right. That's, oh, that's, that's a full riff. That's a Chevy. That's a Chevy thing. That is, here's where you need to start. Go ahead and hit it. And he's hoping in between that when, the, the, for me, the favorite part of that is when he goes from his rambling nonsense into the national anthem. Right. I'm just so proud to, oh, oh see. And the, everybody and then, joins. And then, he you dips, wonder. and then he dips out and goes into hip, 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 hip hooray. hooray. He was hoping that they would cut, I think. I would think. And do a jump gun, but they don't, and that's what makes it funnier. <laughs> There's almost this awkwardness. Yeah. Oh, it's totally uh, awkward. Yeah, yeah. Like, nowadays, you would get shot if you stopped singing the national anthem <laughs> midstream, you know what I mean? 
It's the fact that he got everybody else to do it at the same time. It's all, if he's riffing, that's a unless he did that two well, or three sh- times. I don't know. You wonder. I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, but, go with whatever feels right, guys. All right, I'm going to do the national anthem. But so then, be literally, prepared. the chase scene comes right after that. So I guess, I guess my whole my my favorite <laughs> five minutes of that movie is yeah, the, that's that, pretty good. Yeah. Uh, w- one of the things that not doesn't doesn't necessarily work, but I put writ down. I wrote down here. How much did Fletch make as an investigative journalist for the Los Angeles Times that he had to pay his ex wife a monthly alimony stipend of nine hundred and eighteen dollars a month? I don't know. I don't understand how alimony works. I don't understand how alimony works either. But that in nineteen eighty five money, that's not even like twenty nineteen money. What's that? You know? a computer. How much was $1,000 in 1985 money? Here's what I found. According to the computer, $1,000 in 1985 money, or GLOW era money, right. is $2,300. Holy mackerel. $2,380.04. So, so he owed his wife $2,300 just in one month's worth of alimony to Colonel Sanders. <laughs> Yeah, I thought that too. Oh, wow. Almost $2,400. Here's here's a thousand bucks. Keep the change. What does he say to him? Uh, apply the apply the difference to next month. Apply the difference to next month. Keep $10 for yourself. Right. Go get yourself a nice piece of ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I've I knew it. you've seen this way too much, so I knew you would probably There's know that. There's a quote that comes before that when he goes, you and Wendy, $985. And he pulls out this wad of cash, and he goes, oh, cash. I'm impressed. I saw my pimp today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one time. Doesn't he ask him to open his... Rain, he does, rain, but one time... Who opens a raincoat? Who has a raincoat on in Los Angeles? It doesn't matter, because one time in life, um, we were at a bar. Some friends and I were at a bar. You hadn't turned up yet. Um, <laughs> and I went to pay the tab, and I had cash. And somebody goes, oh, cash. And I, 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 I was I like... Saw my pimp and I, I went, saw oh, my <laughs> I get to do it. I went, all this happened in like a split second. Oh, yo, cash. And I went, saw my pimp today. And I was so fucking happy that I got to do it. Because then someone went, oh, it's from fucking Fletch. And I was like, yes, it is. I'm so happy. You feel I, even better when someone validates it. I do. Yes. And I could die. I could have died right then, and I, my life would have been complete. Uh, all I know is my last line here was, I forgot how much of this film is a true mystery detective story where you only know what Fletch knows and what he discovers. Because there were, there were points. That's a good point. There That's had been point. a time. It's like, well, you watch for... The Chevy Chase riffs. It had been a few years since I really popped this one in, and I kind of forgot where the story went, and I forgot how the stories kind of intertwined with each other. Where he's starting out as he's on the beach looking for the drugs, looking for the drugs to find. There's a big beach drug trafficking issue problem out in Los thank Angeles. God, thank God he solved that. By the way, <laughs> that's. No more, no more no alcohol more sedatives on the beaches right. in L.A. today. Never again. <laughs> it's funny because of how different the story is told compared to Who's Harry Crumb. Right. Where you don't know any more than what your character knows. And if you only knew what Harry Crumb knew, you would never completely know Apple tastes good. how this ended. Steak tastes good. Until he confronted Ed Rooney in the <laughs> S&M room. <laughs> And his the guy running Crumb and Crumb in Los Angeles finally said, "Yo, found me!" And then he just opens up and blurts out a bunch of expositional dialogue right. and, and ends the the movie pretty much. But 
you really I, I forget how much all of those all of those story points kind of come back. Fletch is more like Beverly Hills together. Cop. Yeah. And it's more it's not gritty, well, but it's no. grittier. Yeah, it's definitely it's grittier. It's more it's more and it's PG, so it's definitely that's the funny thing is even though it's gritty, yeah. it's it's still lighter in some ways or rating wise, it's lighter than yeah, yeah. even who's Harry Crumb. If you had a magic wand, what would you do with this movie? I had zero answer to respond to that one. That was really difficult for me. I left that one blank. I would not change anything. I don't think I would change anything on this one, especially since the second one sucks so much. What I would do is I would... (laughs) Magic Wand would get rid of Fletch Lives. Uh, You could even call it Fletch Lives. Just make it one of the sequels. Or I'm sorry, make it a sequel off one of the other books. There's uh, a couple of them that happen... I, I can't remember when the first Fletch book was written. It was in the early 80s, obviously. Um, but the I, one of the next ones written was a prequel. It was called Fletch One, W-O-N. Right. It was his first assignment. So it, okay. was, it was a prequel before there were prequels. And the next one after that was called Fletch Two, T-W. Hasn't it been like development hell for like 10 it to has. 15 years? It was originally. They really want to do it. And then Ryan they, Reynolds, Jason Lee, Zach Braff were all. Like Kevin Smith at one point was kind of attached to try to do something he with wrote, Fletch One or something. He wrote the one that Jason Lee was going to be in. Right. I could kind of see Jason Lee. I could in see that. Jason yeah. Lee. I could, def, it's definitely, I could definitely see Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. I, we've already talked about that we when we talked about Christmas Vacation. We have. Um, I would take any of those. So, okay. So there's one. I think it's called Karaoke Fletch. It happens several years, 10, 15 years after this one. Fletch is older. They could totally do now what they're doing with a lot of it, like um, um, the Creed movies. Right. Chevy Chase is still in it. He is Fletch. He's he's Irwin Fletcher. But his son, whatever, Fletch, they could totally do that. It's his marriage with Larry. <laughs> sure. What? Yeah, whatever. No, that would actually be kind of yeah, bring Je- bring Jeannie Davis back. I don't care. Yeah. But they could do that passing of the torch type of thing, where it's someone who's similar, whose whose comedic tone is similar, or rips off Chevy Chase, like Brian Reynolds or Jason Lee would be. I'd rather, I'd honestly rather it be Jason Lee because he's different enough from Chevy Chase to still be funny. Did you put it? Okay, well we're talking about this. So my magic wand would be. I'd love to see, uh, 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 I guess, a sequel. Where they take the new books, or they take the books, and then tell those stories using Chevy Chase passes the torch. He's the f-ing dad in the story, just like he did, well, like he did with the Vacation movie with Ed Helms, right? But, but those are all don't those... make Ed Helms a sledge. No, 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 not Ed Helms. Those don't play well at the same time because you just want to see Chevy Chase do it. Yeah. So my magic wand would be that they made two or three sequels off of the books, but in a realistic world, they would take those books and then have Chevy Chase in it be Fletch and then pass the torch on to his son. Yeah, that would work. That's, that's what I would... That would be a good way to move the story along or at least move that franchise along. But it wouldn't be Ryan Reynolds. No. And we'll get into that when we do recast the lead, but... Well, uh, let's let's go ahead and recast the lead. Okay, well, I, already... I, have, I have one. Ryan Reynolds would be perfect. Ryan Reynolds would be perfect, but he's doing a lot of other things, and and he's been. Doing and I Chevy... really didn't want to use him since I used him last, and I think didn't we kind of cross that the same way with that's Christmas why vacation? That's it was yeah, like that... Ryan. He's been doing Chevy Chase. Yeah, that's for why last. I didn't. That's why I didn't use him either. Who would who you go? Oh, okay, Joe so... McHale. Kinda. Okay. okay kind of. It's not the yeah. best, but there's there's. Would he well, be Fletch or would he be Fletch's kid? He'd be Fletch's kid or okay. a or a relative of. He would not be I don't think he would be Fletch. Go back in time? Okay. 
Bill Murray. Go back to 1985. Bill Murray could have done it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But in yeah. a mo- in a modern time. Okay. Um, All right. Keegan Michael Key. <laughs> I would totally do that. That would. He'd be great. A brother from another mother. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but then, no, it would work. No, even if you had to completely read, because he can reboot it completely and just ignore the fact that Chevy Chase was Fletch. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm, talk, would... I'm talking reboot. Yeah, Keegan Michael Key, because he he does that dry wit. Yes, the character has to be dry. It doesn't have to be Chevy Chase style dry. He just has to be dry. Your delivery has to be dry and has to be right. That's a really good. That's a good pull. He would be good. I love him. But I'm basing that based on the A.A. Ron sketch that they did on Key and Peele. Okay. When he's mispronouncing all the white people's names. <laughs> D-Nice and – you know what I mean? Because he's – That's he's, Dennis, right? No, it was Denise. Oh, Denise. D-Nice. <laughs> the same one. Said, you done messed up, A.A. Ron. A.A. Ron. <laughs> Not to pull his laugh, but that was – But no, that's good. That's funny. Um, I would I would totally watch that. That would be great. Yeah, that would be good. And he was, he was weird in the Predator, but he was also. But he worked. But oddly, it worked. oddly, I wasn't expecting much out of him in that. Was, I think a lot of the struggles with that movie was the you, studio wanted you, them you just to re. Can't, you just can't make a sequel to Predator. You, you just can't, can't make a sequel to a almost perfect action movie. You really it's can't. Really hard. And they tried, and they've been trying for thirty-five years to yeah, make a sequel, it and they it fail work. every time. But he was good. Yeah, in they it. try anyway. Yeah, he was good in it. Um, I'd like to see him in it. I also have a Magic Wand 2.0 where Larry is actually Ronnie from The Fly, but she's on her first assignment, and she's working for Fletch. Okay. Before she moves to Toronto and works for that science magazine and meets Seth Brundle. You're big. What'd she say? I don't remember. I don't know. I came to tell you. Um. (laughs) I... I just, I wanted to see you before. You have to leave now. How did they work the fly into Fletch? Well, there it is. <laughs> we were going to play more, but it was really depressing and sad. It was, I wasn't going to play more. <laughs> I said, you want me to pull out that clip? He's like, yeah. Yeah, that'd be funny. That'd be funny. Oh, wait. We'll just go this way. (laughs) You get the gist. (laughs) There are three, no, excuse me, four actors that play characters in this film. Three of them are primarily known for their performance in a Mel Brooks movie and then one in a TV show. Stand out. Please tell me what you're talking about. Okay, number one. Fucking lost. Kenneth Mars. Mm. Uh, who I think is the, Heinz, fight, right? Right. He's Inspector Klemp in Young Frankenstein. He's yep. the one that plays the. Uh, is he the? He's Gale's he, father. Yeah, he's Gale's father. Um, George Wynn is Colonel Sanders in Spaceballs. Ah, the divorce yeah. lawyer. Uh, we have uh, uh, Bert Gilliam who plays Lyle in Blazing Saddles. He's the one oh, working yeah. on the airplane. What are you doing? Some it's of that stuff. It's all ball bearings. <laughs> he just gives me that look. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, look. Yeah, he just gives him that look. <laughs> and then um, Uncle Phil. What was Uncle Phil in? He's one of the cops that goes. That well, no, they go and pump each other. Uncle Phil from, I knew he, from Fresh Prince. I, yeah, I knew that. He's also he did the voice of the Shredder. 
and then she did he? Cartoon. Yeah, I had no idea. But what Mel Brooks movie was he in? He wasn't. I just said oh, three. Three Mel Brooks. And then there's one in a TV show, and uh, that was Uncle Phil. Okay. <laughs> and then, and then that would have been interesting if he's been in. Um, if I mean, he's been in a Mel Brooks film, please email us at sixpack.doublefeature at gmail.com. We'd like to know. Yeah. <laughs> also, get us your chasers to lisa.sixpack. Yeah. Gmail.com. I'm going to hit some chasers here a little while when we're done. We're not far. I see the, I see the goal line. Yeah, I, I see the finish line. Um, so we did recast the lead. You want some trivia? Let's do some trivia. Yeah, let's do some trivia. All right. So I've done some of it, and uh, if I'm repeating myself, it's because I've had like nine beers today. We've recorded two episodes, just so you guys know. <laughs> um, uh, Gregory McDonald had final say over who got to, he was the author of the novels. He got, right. he had final say over who got to play. That's pretty good. I, that's, that's some power that Do, normally you wouldn't think. And kudos, kudos to him for doing that because kudos to him for being able to have that power to begin with the two people he turned down. Burt Reynolds was one. Yeah. Right. How did you, thought, did you I just, thought, did you remember that? That just popped up somewhere. Yeah. Burt Reynolds was one. That would have okay. been horrible. Yeah, he's not Fletch. No. He's great he, in other stuff. He could have been not... Chief Carlin. Uh, the other one? Mick Jagger. What? Yeah, that's weird. 1985 no, Mick that's Jagger. That's dumb. Who, what studio executive. Get Mick Jagger in here. Hey, get Mick Jagger in here, right? He needs to read for this. <laughs> Hard Scrabble American reporter. No, that's stupid. That's that's that he owed somebody caught somebody giving somebody a blowjob and they had to get Mick Jagger in there as a favor. <laughs> um, yeah, I, 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 I said before Chevy Chase recycles a few of his jokes, especially from Caddyshack, the wristwatch on the wrong wrist bit that's not right. even there. Okay, and uh, the other one, which is uh, I feel like a hundred dollars, both from Caddyshack. There's uh, at the end when he when Chevy Chase when Fletch puts on that hat. Do you know what the logo is on there? No. It's the logo from the Nostromo. What? From Alien. Yeah. He it's wears the, it, the Nostromo hat? It's the same hat Harry Dean Stanton Is it the one wore. that he wears on in the... At the end. At he the puts, very end? Mm-hmm. He puts it on in the office and then they're on the beach in Rio. What? And they're actually in Rio. They actually went to Rio to film that. I, I, I found out they actually went to Rio to film that and realized that it rained for like six days straight when yeah, they yeah. were there. Yeah. Because the documentary on the DVD showed that. Yeah. But that's Harry. That's nuts. That's, that's actually the hat Harry Dean Stanton wore in Alien, right before he was killed. Right before he got killed. <laughs> um, Jason Lee was once thought to um, play Fletch. Jason Lee could work. I would. He was. Gonna, I would not oppose that decision. Now I would. He's too old. Oh yeah. Well, but at, in early two thousands, my name sure. is Earl. Time frame. I think that would have worked. He was going to be in the Kevin Smith version. Okay. Which is the last time I, I looked it up on IMDb. Well, it was last night. Was that the last time it was addressed? Yeah, but it's li- still listed on there. Fletch. Really? Kevin Smith, yeah. There's no pictures, no nothing. But It's because they haven't pulled it yet. Um, Someone forgot. An intern forgot to pull that down off of IMDb. <laughs> one of my favorite jokes uh, happens in the office. It's the, uh, oh, you and Tommy Lasorda. Yeah. I hate Tommy Lasorda. <laughs> it's actually the context this makes it funnier but the context is lost because there's uh remember the Lakers dream scene? Yes. There was also a, a afro going in at 6 65 six with the afro 69. Six, six, nine. There was also a Dodgers 
dream sequence where he was whatever. I heard there was a couple of scenes that got cut that, yeah. that the footage there was, was actually hockey, lost. There was a hockey scene and there was an L.A. Dodgers So a Kings scene. and a Dodgers scene as well. I'm assuming it was the Kings, but um, Lasorda, Lasorda in the dream sequence pulls him out of the game because he's not doing well. So that's why he <laughs> hates Tommy Lasorda. But I think it's funnier. That it's he funnier just, that, that 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 scene doesn't exist. That he that, just that he yeah, just hates yeah. Tommy Lasorda. Right? Because you're like, why does he hate Tommy Lasorda? Oh. He lost all that weight. He looks so good. This is actually Chevy Chase's favorite movie that he made. Okay. Again, according to IMDb, I haven't talked to Chevy Chase in six or seven days. But when I talk to him again, I'll be sure to ask him. But according to I the internet, I can't believe you didn't ask him before. There really? was, there oh, was that is odd. There was other stuff, but it wasn't interesting. Okay. At least for our audience, Brock and Falcon. I know the only. I know. Couldn't the, we just do this? Couldn't we? Couldn't we save ourselves a lot of effort and just put Brock and Falcon on speakerphone once a week and just talk, talk to them? Hold on, we're making a call. You, it sounds like you're doing the Mash theme song. I'm sorry, this number has been disconnected. Oh uh, shit! Brock didn't pay his bill. <laughs> The, I, the only other person I remember reading at some point uh, that was in contention for a Fletch role was Jason Sudeikis, and I don't see him. I don't see him as Fletch. He's, I really don't. He can be other things, but not Fletch. I don't. I, not I'm not. I'm not. It, but... I, I'm not a huge Jason Sudeikis fan. Okay. Well, there. Send your emails it. to sixpack.doublefeature at gmail.com. Uh, Courtesy of Travis. I just I don't, I'm I'm disinterested in Jason Sudeikis. So um, what still hold up? Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Having not watched it for years, I couldn't completely remember the entire outcome of the film. Whether Fletch's uncover story about drug trafficking on the beach ever resolved, let alone working its way into crossing paths in the end, I, I for completely forgot about all of that because I just pay attention to Fletch. Sure, so much sure, sure, sure. that you kind of forget that you're also trying to pay attention to the story that's going on. Uh, it held my attention and made me realize the that underneath all of the chase, all of like Chase's perfectly delivered, you know, one-liners and brilliant improvised comedy is still a really solid like mystery story. That it is, yeah, it is. And so that's that that's. What made me realize, yeah, it does. It really, it really holds up because I'm still sitting. Go, oh, how is he involved? I can't remember. There was like pieces to the puzzle that had just been long enough where I was like, I want to just watch it and just not think about it and just watch it for the story. And went, oh yeah, wow, this is actually really well written. Do you want to borrow the book? Any of the books? If you have it, I will. I'll borrow yeah, at I least have, the first one. I have all or at least, at least most a of few. Them. Of them? I have not read one that's bad. They're all really good. Um. The only thing that they really did differently from the book to the – it's not spoiling anything because you've seen the movie. Um, in the book, the chief and Alan Stanwyck are on completely different missions. They're not together. Okay. They meet up at the end where the chief knows that Fletch is at Stanwyck's house and he's going to kill Fletch. That's where the three – that's where the two stories converge. It was easy enough in the screenplay to make it – make them converge before Right, we beforehand. Even, yeah. Where the drug trafficking was related to South America and what's he doing? Some of that stunt flying? Yeah, hey, you burned that much fuel flying to Utah. Doing some of that stunt flying? He just yeah. gives him that look. Um, for people of a certain age, I think this holds up. I think if you showed this to someone that was, and it's not a long movie, it really isn't. 
It's just different. No, but I think if you showed this to someone that was 17 or 18 years old right now, they may not. They wouldn't. It would. Some of the references, some of the. Definitely the references. Like the. What's your name? Nugent. Uh, Ted, Ted Nugent. Nugent. Ted Nugent. <laughs> Name's the Lee. fact that he still called him Nugent at the end of the film. Mr. I'm like, Nugent. I know that. Stanwick that's... is a fucking idiot. No, that's what was funny to me. I know. He called him Ted Nugent. The joke pulled hey, Mr. The yeah, all the way through with the fact that he still called him Mr. Nugent. There's, oh, there's another bit of trivia. Um, okay. Otter's name in Animal House. His last name was Dorfman. Oh, his dad's name was Fred Dorfman. Fred. The so Dorf. they did Fred Dorfman the on Dorf. there Dorfman. from Animal House. And I knew Otter, that was a callback. Kind and of. Otter was played by Tim Matheson. Yes, who plays Mr. Stanwick, Alan Stanwick. It's been a million years since I've seen. But that was Animal so hard House. to explain, and I, I honestly, I didn't want to f-ing write it down. But I'm amazed I remembered it. But I, I, I don't know. I wonder if comedy, uh, like modern comedy fans, get like, it, yeah, or at least appreciate it. Uh, would, would would it be as big a hit today? I don't think it would be. No, I don't think so either. Okay, so if you're looking at if you're going to provide a comparable or or possibly better of the I recommendation say, of the same genre, I wouldn't say better, but I would say comparable. Okay. I think we mentioned it earlier, Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> That's what I have down here. It's what I wanted to pair with this film. We talked about it before. Uh, it's funny. It has decent action. A great cast with standout performances by Eddie Murphy. It scratches all of those itches that Fletch does, but with an R rating. It's, you know? It is R. Are there boobs in that movie? Uh, yeah. There's, it, there's, there's strip club in... Okay, it's more profanity though than boobs. It's more profanity and some violence than it is anything. But it's than it's it a little it's a little darker. Beverly Hills Cop's a little darker. But Fletch is and it's more than it's more think. it's more crime movie than it is detective movie. Yes. Fletch is more sneaking around. Fletch is more detective. Yes, Beverly Hills Cop is definitely more uh, crime. But I, they're e- the equal trajectory, man. They're like they're just funny enough. They're just actiony actiony enough. They have just enough action. There it is. Just enough of either crime or mystery, whatever their genre, whether yeah. whatever their specific genre. It's same a, person who scored the mo- both movies. Oh yeah, he did. And they're only a year apart. And they're so both you SNL, only have like they're both SNL 84 to eighty five. Yeah, yeah, that's true. They're both SNLs. Alums, and the supporting so. cast is all great. I don't know if there's anybody from a Mel, from a Mel Brooks movie in Beverly Hills Cop, but I won't hold that against them. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I put down here my final thoughts is that Fletch isn't a perfect movie, but it was the perfect movie for Chevy Chase. Okay. You know, outside of Clark Griswold, you know, this is probably Chase's best role. For me, it is. It's better. It's, he's, it's, he's more Fletch than he is Griswold. Um, Chase elevates the film, uh, for what could have been a completely forgettable story, which is now considered pretty much a classic, you know? Absolutely. Uh, Richie's direction of Chase makes uh, makes them a perfect pairing because I think Richie was really much kept him grounded as much as he needed to mm-hmm. and held him down just long enough to get the takes that were required and then just let him up enough to get like the comedic the, performance the, the yep. that made this movie memorable. So uh, honestly, stick to the original. Forget the sequel. Hope that the possibility of rebooting or remaking this film stays in development hell for many years to come. <laughs> I don't think it would tarnish this, but it's just it makes it would make me hope for something that most likely is going to be a letdown. They better bring their fucking A plus game if they try oh, to remake yeah. it. Yeah, I'm with you. Whatever comes before A, 
Sure. That's the game that they need to bring. Yeah. <laughs> the first time I saw this, I laughed. Uh, I was probably t- 19 or 20. Yeah, you have to be old enough to get it. Right. The first time I saw this, I laughed so hard I couldn't follow the plot. Like, just, I followed it enough that every, like, okay, oh, set up a joke. Oh, and then I would laugh. We were high, but <laughs> I followed the plot enough to know what happened. But I had to go back and watch it again. And then you watch it again, and you're still laughing. You watch it again, and you're still laughing. Everything he says is a one-line classic. Right. He's he's just a machine in it, man. As a detective story, it's great. As a comedy, it's great. As a Chevy Chase movie, it's, it's I, I have said it a, a number of times today. It's his definitive movie for me. And does it seem weird that the same guy who directed this also directed The Golden Child? A little bit. It does seem weird because this is a good movie. <laughs> and the Golden Child, not so much. The novels that Gregory McDonald wrote again. Check those out. There's uh, there's like maybe ten of them. Maybe they're all great. They take place throughout Chase, uh, Chase throughout Fletch's life from his beginnings. Yeah, you can't even separate his, the two, can you? Through his, you can't. You really no. can't. Um, read the novels. They're they're like I think people call them beach books or vacation books. Kind they're, of bubblegum pop. Uh, yeah, they're not. They're not. There, there's just enough there. It's not trying to confuse you, but there's enough story, and they're all really good. And then you have the bonus now of having watched this movie. And you, you now can you don't have to invent the character in your head. You can at least see how Chevy Chase would say the lines in the book. Hit me with a chaser. I got it. The exclusive Blue Barsky Chaser filing system. Remind me again. I picked the one that's not in the envelope, right? Correct. There's one either. There's a couple right. in the I front. Like, there's mostly in the back. I picked the large one. You like the one in the back. Yeah. Back door, Willie. Back door. Jesus God Almighty. It's just a large piece of paper, right? <laughs> this person is a crop dusting genius. <laughs> Long time listener, first time chaser. Oh, I get it now. Not time chaser. First time chaser. Jeremy from Tucson. I thought it was a Mystery Science Theater 3000 reference. Brother. <laughs> I, I figured. Nice. Pardon the laughter. I thought you were referencing Mystery Science Theater 3000. <laughs> Not just saying you're a first time question asker. <laughs> What an amazing setup I've given you <laughs> for your question. All right. I almost want to read this one in Morgan Freeman's voice, but I'm not going to, so here we go. Should there be a sequel made to Shawshank Redemption so we can see what happened to those two, how do you think they spent the remainder of their days? Good God, no, I don't want to see. <laughs> I know. I have an answer. That, well, number one, uh, that has the most perfect cinematic ending in motion picture history for me it has the best like happy hmm. poignant sure. ending sure. for a character who was wrongly accused not wrongly accused but wrongly and convicted and then and then meeting up with his best friend down in Zehuataneo, Mexico or whatever uh, yeah I, I i don't i i really don't want to see I really wouldn't want to see a sequel. You don't, don't. You don't project anything mentally as to where they went. They went to Mexico, and then they just hung the f- out for sixty years. Yeah, 30, 30? Well, sixty years, probably twenty. Oh, I don't know. It's a long time to wait. Yeah, they're going to rent boats and well, I, fish I, I, and all right. Well, 
Uh, that that's I don't I really don't call me crazy. I'm going to try to entertain our listeners. You're going to do. I have a better. I think I have a better. You answer. have a reality show ending. <laughs> I I think. All right. <clears throat> I think Red moved to Los Angeles, changed his name to Scrap Iron, and became a boxer. <laughs> Lost the use of his right eye, and then just became the janitor and at then... the boxing gym. <laughs> I think Andy Dufresne. Changed his name to what was it, Rocket Juice, and moved to uh, Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina. Became a pitcher uh, in the minor leagues, and uh, learned how to work on Lelouch. Lelouch couldn't hit, couldn't hit water if he fell out of a fucking boat. He'll enjoy that in season three. That's that's what I think. Uh, Andy and Red did after their. Uh, Island around it. So no, they didn't no, stay down in Mexico for very long before they, they, they like, hung out. They hung out for really, a year. We don't know uh, these nautical things. They hung here. out for a year, maybe two, but then they went. They realized they like, went their separate ways. Yeah, outside of prison, they're like, you know, we don't need each other. Like, we're not we going back to Maine. I'm going to North Carolina. You can yeah. go out to Red. Can go back to Ireland because <laughs> he's Irish because of his red hair. Right. That's what I think. Thank you, Jeremy. That's a that's a better ending than mine. Of it is. No. I know it is because I know. I know. Dick. All right. Is it in Latin or? I wanted to read the whole question. Okay. Butthole. Gotcha. <laughs> Robbie, the real estate mogul, wants to know your opinion on the best bloated biopic. Question two or one A or one B. Do you even like biopics? I love biopics. Bloated. It says bloated. I'm hoping that's not, for God's sakes, I'm hoping that's not a typo. No, I'm not sure what Robbie the Robot means, <laughs> Robbie the Real Estate Robot means, about what he means by bloated. Um, bloated. I mean, I maybe uh, like it's self too Like self-aggrandizing? I would say there's more in this story than you need to know, but we're going to tell you everything. I would take it as there's more to this. There's more in the story that then actually happened. Okay. And I sadly haven't seen enough biopics to give that answer. But in service to our audience, I did watch the Lady Gaga documentary Five Foot Two. Have you seen that? No. It's not a biopic. It's a, it's a self. It's a documentary. It's different. It is. She she signed off on it. Um, it's very, I think, self-serving, but she comes off as sort of a spoiled star child, uh, so I was disappointed in it. Okay. But as far as, let me give, let me give you my best biopic answer then. The movie Ed Wood um, makes a lot of fictitious jumps that didn't actually happen to Ed Wood's life, or didn't happen in Ed, in Ed Wood's life. I get it, man. I think it makes a better movie. I think you have to serve the narrative of the story you're trying to tell, right? And I think if you and want, that's primarily your first purpose. Function with doing a yeah. bio, that's prime directive number one. First, and do no meaning harm, right? that in case you're a little historically inaccurate, if you want historically, let accurate, it go. Watch a documentary. I think let is, it go. I think is what Robbie's trying to say. I hope I've answered your question. I probably haven't. Um, Here's Nathan to overthink it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I don't know if I would. That's really... I've not seen a lot of biopics. I really. 
As many as I've seen, I'm not sure how many are legitimately bloated. You would really have to know the history of the subject sure. to know if, if this meant, is bloated. I wonder if he meant Bohemian Rhapsody, specifically. I know that that's been deemed as quite a bit bloated and not as even remotely close to as, as accurate as the life of Freddie Mercury and, and the band Queen. I think I think Bohemian I Rhapsody you is... you called him the band Queen like you couldn't have just said Queen and people The wouldn't. band Queen? The band The Queenie. Rolling Stones? Uh yeah, that's. Mm. I would probably say that Bohemian Rhapsody is a bit is a bit bloated, and I don't. I've not seen it, so I don't know. I don't know. All I know is what I've read that it does not come one hundred percent historically accurately depict Mercury's life and lifestyle and the okay. band. It also jumps timelines to make certain stories work better. So is is Robbie asking, how do we feel about that? I hate that. Uh, it's unfortunate, but you know what? Just tell me most, the story. Most people's stories don't fit in a two to two and a half hour time frame. Mine does. And sometimes... My life is fucking boring. <laughs> it's a short film. It's a... What's it called? It's called Travis. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I understand where he's coming from. And you know what? I think some Who, biopics, Freddy or Robbie? Robbie. That okay. some films can be bloated or inaccurate, but sometimes you have to serve the narrative because you're a filmmaker that's trying to tell a story. Sure. And sometimes you have to serve that story. Chernobyl is really good. Oh, God, I hate and that. Now, I hate that show. What? We tried to the watch f- that. You didn't watch? There's only five episodes. We t- we started watching it, and sorry, Robbie, we'll get back to you in a minute. We're having a tangent right here. <laughs> We're going to step outside and knife fight each other. Yeah, we. I, I saw on a couple of pages that I follow, like, Chernobyl, 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 Chernobyl. Okay. So I was like, hey, Chernobyl's supposed to be pretty good. And Jamie's like, oh, yeah, I remember. I'm fascinated with Chernobyl when it happened, like in the thing, the history of it. Yeah. And the thing on the side. Let's go. Boom. Yeah. Let's go and do it. And we turned it on and we're both sitting there like, <sighs> okay, okay, okay. There, okay. So there's the, there's the, okay, there's the explosion. Okay. So she's awake in the apartment. Okay. But then the firefighters... Okay, 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 firefighters. Okay, okay, okay. The firefighters are here now like some shit's about to happen. It takes a while for um, to be poisoned by nuclear radiation. Oh, that guy melted his face. Okay, okay, okay. He's carrying a guy. The guy's a mutant ninja turtle now. He's a middle-aged mutant ninja turtle. And and we watched the first episode, and we were both like, fucking blows. I'm not watching... I don't want to watch any more of it. I did, did not care for it. Now, there was one scene... There was one scene where that dude goes into the reactor and opens, like they force open that door and they did the best thing they could. They did their best version of showing what it looks like to see the secrets of the universe opened up. Like when that reactor is like, it's all yellow and that's where that guy gets his face burned off. He opens the door to the reactor. Your noncommittal nod tells me you don't know what I'm talking about. No, I've seen all of them, and I I don't understand what you watch and what I watch. are two different things. It was boring, dude. It was like Aaron Sorkin on Xanax. 
I don't know. But that scene where the guy opens the door, like the blown up door to the reactor, and they force their way open, and he's like, and they're literally watching Adam split. That was a pretty cool scene. But the rest of it, I was like, ah, I would rather just watch a documentary about Chernobyl. Does that help, Robbie? Does that answer your question? <laughs> Hope it does. I'm going to have to fight Nathan <laughs> after this. It's going to get rough. It's like we're Clark Kent and Superman fighting each other for next week's movie. <laughs> if I what a at, wonderful lead-in. If I look at you the right way through this pop filter, it looks like I'm looking through a fly's eye. <laughs> I feel like an insect politician. <laughs> like a fly. A fly on a wall. Hey, Travis, what are we uh, recording uh, next week? What do well, you, what next, are we... week's, next week's our last episode. Of season three? Of season three, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or a final episode, um, once we talk more about Chernobyl. No, what I say? Our final episode ever would, if we did it, would be... Um... Mac and me. <laughs> yes, Mac and <laughs> By the way, I watched that, that super clip of uh, oh. Paul Rudd. Uh-huh. And almost Conan. all Conan. Every, every time, time he gets him with the Mac and me clip. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. So funny. <laughs> um, next week, season three finale. Last of our part threes of the season three is Batman Forever. God help us. And one of my favorite movies of all time. God help us. Superman 3. Superman 3. Which is a fantastically horrible movie. Yeah, yeah. I hate, uh-huh. I hate you. Oh, wait. Well, we'll Just get wait it. until I start writing down my notes. Oh, wait. We're going to have conversations. Well, she a great big fat person. <laughs> She's a large girl, sir, yes. Uh, yeah, season three finale next week. Superman three, Batman Forever, Batman Forever, Batman Forever. Yeah, yeah that's the third one. The first one you don't watch. <laughs> it's the third Batman movie or the first Batman movie you don't watch. It's the first one you watch. The second one you watch. The third one it starts to derail itself. And that's where we're going to be next week, kids. It's a DC Universe triple feature, double, double feature, feature time beat off. <laughs> Six Pack Double Feature is a Clopec Media production. You can like and follow them on Facebook at Six Pack Double Feature Podcast and on Instagram at Six Pack Double Feature. They aren't on Twitter because Twitter is dumb. Got a gun creep? Shamu's got one. Borrow his. What have we here? That's my dick. Oh, funny boy. What have we here? Looks like heroin, Gene. Hey, you just planted that. What'd you say? You fellas want to read me my rights? You have the right to remain silent. You have the right to have your face kicked in by me. That's nice. You have the right to have your balls stomped by him. I'll waive my rights.